0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am your host, Lauren, and it is finally happening. I have an Enneagram episode. I cannot wait for you to listen to this incredible conversation with my guest, Julianne Ishler, who is the Enneagram Empress. And we talk about so many cool things if you are new to the Enneagram, this is your episode. If you are well-versed in the Enneagram, this is your episode because Julianne covers so many different things, so many layers. We talk about what the Enneagram is, and she gives like a beautiful overview of the nine different types. She talks about tri-types and wings and counter types, and it's just really such a beautiful, informative conversation. And I cannot wait for you to hear it. So I hope you enjoy. i
1: love any reason to talk about the Enneagram. So I think this will be a lot of fun.
0: For people that are completely new to the Enneagram or have maybe just like heard it or seen it here and there, like, can you just give a wide review of, of what it is and. You like to use it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, the Enneagram is an ancient wisdom. It's an ancient personality typing system. And so, it reflects our thoughts, our feelings, and patterns of behavior. And so, how I like to explain it is that each type thinks that they have to be a certain way in the world in order to feel loved or accepted or safe. Like type ones think that they have to be perfect. Type twos think they have to be likable or lovable. All of these types have a certain way that they think they have to be. And I, I can keep going through the types too if
0: yeah I would love you to because there's there's nine different Ones, correct? Oh,
1: correct. There's nine types. So nine human archetypes or ego structures. And like I said, they they think they have to be a certain way in the world. So we've got our, our ones who are known, their archetype is the reformer or the perfectionist. And so they think that they have to be perfect and they think that they need to be a good and moral person Our type twos think that they need to be likable or or lovable. And so they tend to focus their energy outwards on helping other people and tending to their needs and minimizing their own in the process. Our type threes are known as the achiever. And so they think That they prove their worth and their value through their accomplishments and being successful. Type fours are the individualist or the artist archetype. And so they think that they need to be special or unique. And so they prove their worth and their value through developing a strong identity. Our type fives are the investigator. And so they think that they need to be knowledgeable and competent. And so they tend to to gather all of this knowledge and, and immerse themselves in learning in order to feel safe. Our type sixes are known as the loyalist. And so they seek to be safe and secure by being Prepared for all scenarios to happen. Our sevens are the enthusiasts or the adventurers, and they seek to be safe by chasing excitement and new experiences and new opportunities. The type eights are the protector or the challenger, and they want to be autonomous and they don't want to be controlled by others. And so they develop this, this persona of strength and hide their vulnerability or anything that they perceive would make them seem weak. And then lastly, our type nines, last but not least, the peacemakers want to feel the sense of inner peace. And so they tend to minimize their own needs and they want to be easy to get along with and to to feel harmonious in their environment when i heard you go
0: through the descriptions there were a few of them that sort of resonated more deeply with me and i'm wondering how how often it is that what we here in the descriptions turns out to be accurate versus I know it's kind of an in-depth assessment that when we go through the process of it, are people usually surprised by what they are or is it something that when you read the descriptions, most people are are able to find what they are just by connecting to the description?
1: Yeah, so I thought I was every single type yeah. <laughs> that was type eight. That's the only one that I didn't really resonate with, but it's very easy to, to see yourself in all of the nine types. And, you know, when I was talking about, or when I was introing the Enneagram earlier, I should have mentioned that that's because all the nine types are within us.
2: You know, mm.
1: you have your core type and that's what you gravitate to. They say as early on as seven years old when you're, when your personality starts to develop, mm-hmm. but you still have access to all of the nine types. And so if you, if you look at the Enneagram symbol, there's all of these arrows that point. So there's like you know a type 6 will point to a 3 and a 9 and so that shows like how much you how much wisdom you have readily to access now some teachers and traditional enneagram theory talks about stress and growth with those arrows and integration and disintegration but i like to think of it as you have immediate access to those types. So like so I'm a type six, I'm going to use myself as an example. And so I have I have the type nine, which is where I go in growth, and then the type three that I go to in stress. But you can look at the high side and the, I don't like to call it the low side, but like the learning lessons mm-hmm. that come along with those types. And you also have, you also have Enneagram wings. And so wings are your, your neighboring types. And so you have the, it's the same thing. It's like, you can learn from the types that are next to you. And, you know, in some Enneagram theory as well, and this is something that I wholeheartedly believe in, is that you have a tri-type. And the tri type, too, I think it takes less pressure off of finding your type or I am this type and labeling yourself as, oh, I'm such an Enneagram six because I'm always worried about what's going to happen. But with your tri type, it means that you have a type in the head, heart, and body centers. Mm. And so, the, so the way that the Enneagram is Is broken down it involves each triad and so uh, there's the body triad is is where we start from because it's our it's our vitality and the instinctual center and so the body center is types eight nine and one and then the heart center is about where where do I belong and how do I fit in and so that's our types, two, three, and four. And you may have noticed when i was when I was talking through the types and introing them, I was mentioning for two, three, and four, they need they prove their value, their worth by this thing, but I didn't say that for the other types because mm-hmm. the heart center is all focused around where where do I belong? How do I fit in?
0: Yeah, those those resonated with me. The four the individualist, the creative, like that one, and yeah. then the achiever one and like the drive to succeed in getting your value from, you know, the output or the validation. Those were the ones that sort of, and the adventurer one, like the desire for, you know, experience. Those are the three for me that really resonated the most. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I have more to say about that, but I want to talk about the head center too. Yeah. <laughs> the head center or the thinking center. So that is concerned with safety and security. And so when I was talking about those types, mm. I would say type fives gain safety and security through gathering knowledge and observing the world around them. Sixes feel safe by preparing for every scenario or outcome and sevens respond to safety and security by by denying it in a way and being like I want to chase the next exciting thing. And you know, it's a little more subdued than that and it can look different for everyone. But those are the three intelligence centers and I think that when you study the enneagram and you're trying to find your type, it's so important to look at the centers of intelligence and to well, it, it's such a good way to to find your your type because it's like, well, what center do you resonate with? And you even said the heart center when I was going through those types that you were really gravitating towards that. And gosh, there's so much more that that goes along with this too, because it's like each type expresses that that pattern within the center of intelligence differently. And so each intelligence center has, has a driving emotion, like a a core emotion. So for the body types, eight, nine, and one, that is anger. And so each of those express anger differently. Mm. So In each center, we have one type that externalizes, one type that internalizes that emotion, and one type that denies it, that forgets it.
0: Oh my gosh, it's so much deeper and more layered than I even realize, And I guess that's just what happens, you know, when you don't take the time to do a deep dive on something, or you're only absorbing the little snippets that you see, you know, in an email or social media, like you're saying like, well, I'm a six. And so I do X, Y, Z, but you know, there's, there's so much more. And I wanted to ask you, you know, based on all your experience, why there's there's so many different modalities and there's so many different you know archetype systems and and ways that people connect what was it about the Enneagram that spoke to you and really you know encouraged you to take all this information in
1: yeah that's a really great question because I I do love all of the other modalities too like I'm I'm very much obsessed with the Zodiac. I grew up on astrology. I love human design. I love any kind of personality typing system. Mm. And I think for me, the Enneagram was something that I discovered at a time when I really needed it. I was, this was in 20, gosh, 2018 or 2015, but I was feeling very burned out in my career at the time. And I felt like I was going through very similar patterns. I'm a seven wing and a very strong seven wing. And so, you know, I was going through the pattern of, well, why do I always want to to quit and to start over and chase the next thing? And the Enneagram really helped me see like, like why why I was doing those things not just oh lol I love to I'll, I'll just quit if it doesn't work out you know and I can I can start fresh and reinvent myself like cool that's great but it's like why are you doing those things what are you afraid to confront and what are you running away from and so at the time I discovered the Enneagram though it's interesting I thought that I was a type 3. And I do have a lot of type 3 in me and I realized that I resonate I resonated so strongly with it for several reasons. So, I'm connected to type 3 being a six. Some theories would say that I go to a type 3 in stress and I think I was very much at that time expressing the low side of enneagram 3, which is proving your worth through accomplishments and building up your your image to look good to others, you know, and like chasing the wrong goals. Not that, you know, there's a right or a wrong necessarily, but goals that didn't feel good or feel really aligned at the time or you know, for so long, I thought I, my day job, I'm a, I'm a copywriter and I have worked in agencies and I, I currently work for an agency as well. And, you know, I thought my career was all about promotions and taking on more responsibility and, you know, climbing the ladder. When I discovered the Enneagram, you know, I, I really hand it to type three for helping me see that, you know, maybe I am trying really hard to, to prove my worth and, and develop an image that looks good, but, but why, why, for what, for why, why am I doing this? And so with that, with that type four as well, I thought I was a three wing four, you know, it's like, I am developing I want to develop a strong identity. And so that's kind of like how I was using it at the time. And so when I started my Instagram page shortly after, I fell in love with the Enneagram. Like when I when I did discover it, I was like, I want to learn absolutely everything about this. And then I signed up, this was during COVID. I signed up for... A certification program. And I started to really, really dive into it because there's, as you know, you've pointed out, there's so much theory that goes into it. And that being said, too, like when I when I was discovering it, I was very, or, or even learning about it, I was very into the weeds of like, well, this is how it is, and this is how it has to be. And now that you know it's been a few years. I've really looked at it as my own interpretation.
2: Yeah. And something
1: that I'm really, really passionate about is showing how we do have all of those nine types within us and how it's important not to label yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I think labels can be very harmful to. To growth, and you know, it's so important to be able to like see yourself in different ways. You might not be a textbook Enneagram six or an Enneagram four, but you can be an Enneagram six with some flavors of three and even a little bit of one thrown in there. And so, when I talk about the Enneagram two, I like to think of it as a big color spectrum. I think this is a a, a good way to describe it because it's like, you know, there's, there's so many sixes in the world. There's so much of every single type running around in the world, but we're not all the same, you know? And like, I didn't resonate with a six for so long because I'm like, well, I'm not out there doomsday prepping and, you know, running to go buy toilet paper when, when COVID was right. My roommate, on the other hand, who is also a six, very, this is a good example, very different expression of a six, was that person. And so mm. I was like, well, that's not me. But looking at it as like a color spectrum where it's like, okay, so both me and my roommate were different shades of blue. Right. Because she has more one and two in her, and I have more nine and four in me which are in the withdrawn stance so you know there's like different expressions of each type and I think looking at it as like a color spectrum really shows like okay you're a six but you have all of this these shades to you and and this sort of coloring and so like you are an individual you are not an enneagram type
0: right yeah that makes so much sense to me and as someone who practices and does human design sessions, I completely relate to number one, that journey of studying and then embodying and then making it your own with your own experience and sort of like loosening a little bit of the reins of it having to be so in the box, like with the typing and everything. And also that idea of a spectrum really mimics that whole journey too, you know, being a manifesting generator, you can be a lot more on the manifesting side or a lot more on the generating side. And then, well, it depends on your profile and it depends on your authority. And it's you know, all these different things. And so I love that you are sharing and and really teaching from that place of this is such a helpful system so that you can learn about yourself. But the fact that we many of us could be very evenly, like dispersed between them, but that everybody has a bit of everything. It's just like a very compassionate way of looking at it. And I love that because I do agree that sometimes the typing can be like, I totally get it. And I love the personality and and learning about myself is literally <laughs> my, my lifelong passion and, you know, other people but I do agree that it can be a little bit isolating to feel like, well, I'm this and you're that. It's like a way of separation versus coming together.
1: Yeah. And like labeling helps us feel safe. Mm. Like if I categorize someone or something like that's my way of like, oh, I understand them. And I'm saying me, but like, I mean, we like yeah that as humans like you know it's it helps us understand the world and makes it feel less scary and and two I don't think all labels are bad necessarily you know like it depends what it is it's like you know I do think there's power in in affirmations for instance and Words do have power. So, you know, if you say like I am an achiever, you're gonna go out and you know, achieve, you're gonna set goals and and act on them. So I don't think that I don't think all labels are bad. It's more about labeling with intention and seeing the both and to them, mm-hmm. and seeing the full spectrum. You can be an achiever. But you can also be, you know, I don't want to say some, I, I, I don't like the word lazy, but like, you know, you don't have to be productive all the time. You know, like I was thinking about like the the lower side of of nine for that one.
0: Because do some people have more of a duality or polarity in their design where they have a tendency to maybe ebb and flow more between, you know, like you're saying, like the achiever sometimes, but then other times not so, not so goal oriented. Is that, and then Absolutely. other people might be more similar throughout their, their Enneagram.
1: And that's kind of why I do like looking at those Those arrows of integration and disintegration, I do think that there is value in looking at the stress and the growth. So every type is connected to two other types by these arrows. And so I really recommend like if you are trying to find your type or even if you know your type, looking at those other two types that you're hmm. connected to and seeing how they show up in you and it might not be so black and white too and can
0: you change from type to type or is the knowledge of what you are you know the the best use of it is so that you show up in that highest expression more often than in the the lower expression
1: so you cannot change type
0: okay so you are what you are
1: you are what you are you have one core type and that doesn't shift now finding your core type and it being accurate that's a whole other game like I was a three I was a four I was a seven I was everything until I found that I was a six but what can change and this is where it gets a little tricky is your wings can change. So your wings, I'm not sure if I described it, your wings are your neighboring types. Mm -hmm. So for a type four, the wings are five and three. I want to clarify that because some people are like, oh, I'm a type three with a wing nine. And it's like, that's not not how it works.
2: Oh,
0: it's not. Okay. I thought that you Uh, could have any as your wings. So the wing is really what's next to you numerically.
1: Right. And so if you're type nine, your wing would be eight and one. Okay. So your wings can change. And also your instincts can change. And so when I say instincts, it's we have three, we have three instincts, which are self preservation, social, and one to one. And so you get like there's a stacking. Of instincts, like a self preservation six is totally different from a one to one six. And so this starts to get into counter types, which are a whole other ballpark. But because your instincts can change and your wings can change, it means that your type can can shift and show up differently but your or I should say your expression of your type Mm -hmm. your core type is gonna stay the same but yes those dynamics can really influence that
0: right because as we evolve and grow and you know hopefully are more aligned or working from a more heart centered space, less ego directed, then I imagine that would change your motivation and you know some of the ways that you approach things.
1: That reminded me too, yeah, that's a really, really great point because there's also different levels of health, which I don't know if health is the best word, but for lack of a better word, we're gonna go with that. Because there's there's the average expression, which is what we know typically as the stereotypes, like An average two will be, I I don't want to focus on my needs. I want to focus on your needs. How can I give to you? And then there's the below average health level of a two where, you know, they may take that giving to an extreme and, and really be burnt out and even like resentful and, you know, really embody like those, those lower emotional habits. And then there's the higher, higher expression of a two or an above average health. And so all of the, the above average health is when you're aware of your, your patterns and how your motivation shows up for you and Drives you, and you're able to really implement the, the growth lessons from it. And every type has the capabilities to be this above average health level. Right. And so that's too why, like, you know, someone who's done a lot of self aware self-growth work, or self-awareness work, they might be a two but they might be able to set boundaries and so you know they might show up differently or they might not come off as like the typical two or even resonate with it so it it all depends on where you are in your self discovery journey too
0: right and do you find that it's challenging for people to accept who they are on the Enneagram, is it, would you call it, is it a scale or is it a, like, what is the? A system. A system. Is it challenging for people to accept the number that they are in the system because maybe they have thought they were one number or maybe had a hierarchy of this quality is better or preferred than that quality or you know finding out where they actually line up how does that all work
1: yeah I will say it too the type that you're most resistant to is probably your type
0: oh my god now I have to look (laughs) at them all again
1: Yes. I remember it. Like, re- I'm sorry, I'm using myself as an example. So much. I'm just like, you know, speaking from my own personal experience. But oh, that's great. When I was, when I was going through all of the types, I just remember reading about six and being like, I don't prepare for, you know, every. I don't over prepare or I don't, I, I can make decisions. And because a lot of the stuff that goes with Enneagram six is like, they consult everyone they know and they're to, to make decisions and to really like, I don't know, understand their own thought process sometimes. But I think if you're struggling to to find your type, there's a counter type, which can also be very tricky. It it, it can really prevent you from finding your, your type because it it shows up differently. And so there's a counter type with each of the types that, you know, may not look identical or match like the description. And so when, when you're finding your type, you know, you might not see yourself Immediately. And I think that's okay. I think you should look at the lower side of the type and see if you see yourself there and and be honest about it, because I think that's where you can pick up more about the different patterns that the types experience because that's really like what the Enneagram is all about. It's like why you do the things that you do. And especially like in these lower emotional or, or thinking habits, like why you are, are thinking that, you know, I think it's easy to resonate with, you know, everyone wants to be liked, like a type two, everyone wants to be successful in some kind of capacity. Mm-hmm. Or everyone wants to feel safe and secure everyone wants to feel at peace I think those higher those higher expressions of the type and just looking at the motivation it's like you can resonate with those more readily because like again you have all the nine types within you but then once you get once you dig deeper below the surface and you look at those lower patterns that show up. There's like passions and fixations. So, passions are emotional patterns, emotional habits, and then fixations mm-hmm. are like the thinking habits. Like, really, really pay attention to those. And so, yes, I would 100% say that the type that you are most resistant to is probably your type. And If you are still having trouble, you might be a counter type. Each type has a counter type within it, but it's not going to show up like a typical type. So I'll give you an example, a counter type of a four is the self-preservation instinct. And so again, a counter type it's formed based on those instinct stackings and it changes per type. A self-preservation four is going to look completely different than the fours that are more like outwardly portrayed of like, you know, being special and unique and developing this strong identity. Now, self-preservation four, of course, you know, has the same motivations and they they're still concerned about their self-image, but they're actually going to appear more like a three mm. they or or even a seven too they're they're often referred to as the sunny four because they they kind of like take pride in the fact that they can mask their emotions and kind of like keep it all internal whereas like fours are are known, you know they're the artists they're they have a flair for, you know, like I am my emotion. I'm talking about like a an average four or even like a stereotypical four. This mm-hmm. would be a one-to-one four and a uh, social four, you know? Like that's more of like the archetype that we know, but the self-preservation four can look very different. And they're, they're, they take pride in the fact that they don't suffer suffer like the the other types like will kind of embody their emotions more and like Mm I don't want to say become their emotions but like they kind of like over identify with their emotions and so I would say if you are having trouble finding your type like pay attention to the counter types because you might find yourself in one of them
0: Oh my gosh. That is such a good tip. So for people that want to find their type out as we all run immediately, I know there are some resources online that like have there's free tests. And then of course there's like the more in-depth test. I want to know how people can work with you directly to determine more accurately (laughs) their type.
1: Yeah. So there are plenty of online tests that you can take. And I will say, beware with those. You can certainly take those tests, but take them with a grain of salt when you get your results. Like, you know, honestly, I do think some of the free tests can be a good jumping off point. Mm -hmm. You know, say you take a test and you get a type eight. So, I would use that result as a call to action to further explore type eight and see if it resonates. You might also explore similar types to eight, like a, a three or a one, you know, and see see if those resonate and see, again, paying attention to the lower emotional and thinking habits of the type beyond the motivation. So the best test you can take if you're like I just want a test to tell me what I am, I would take the the Riso Hudson Enneagram test. And so it is, it's twelve dollars to take, but it is the most accurate test out there because it's developed by Don Richard Riso and Russ Hudson. Okay, one of the most prominent enneagram teachers and so they they really know and have have studied the enneagram deeply so i think their test i have not taken their test but i do think from what i've heard that it is the most accurate i have one of their their books the wisdom of the enneagram which is a really great in depth book if you do want to learn more they really dive into wings and some of those subtypes counter types like it is very very comprehensive I would also recommend reading The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stable it is one of like the most talked about Enneagram books for a reason Mm. it's very easy to digest. It's a very easy read. It goes through each of the enneagram types and just has really great examples of how the behaviors might manifest and why they might why the behavior might manifest in a certain way. It's a really great book. I will say it is through a Christian lens which isn't the lens that I look through the Enneagram but I do still think that it's great foundational knowledge and then I also really like books by Ginger Lapid Bogda I did one of my certifications through her she has an organization called the Enneagram in business and she is actually really accredited to bringing the enneagram into the workplace which is mm. a whole other topic that I also yeah. talked about too she has a ton of great certifications around you know working together with with different types of personalities and getting really deep into typing so she has the art of typing that's one of my favorite books very easy to read and to understand and if you are trying to find your type, I think it's, I think it has a lot of good knowledge and questions to, to help guide you.
0: Amazing. Wow. Thank you for sharing those. And how do people work with you?
1: So I don't do typings. That might change. Currently, right now, I'm focused on developing a series of Enneagram journals from this Nine Types approach. I love that. Yeah, I worked with a fabulous designer. Her name is Chelsea Tams. Her agency is called Lettering Works. I came to her and I was like, I really want to create a character of each Enneagram archetype. And so we worked together to, to formulate these characters based on... Enneagram characteristics and really brought them to life. And I've been using them across a few different assets. So I have the full circle Enneagram journal, which I recently put out. It's available on Etsy as a printable and Amazon as well. And so with that, you go through each of the Enneagram archetypes. So the way I like to to think about this little universe of characters that I created is you have your main character, you embody your main character energy, and then you have all of these sidekicks around you Mm -hmm. that are supporting your, your main character energy. You know, because like, what's a good movie without all these sidekicks that help to develop, to help flesh out the main character? And so that's how I I really look at it in this journal. And then you go through each of the archetypes, you learn about their their growth lessons and their healing lessons and a general overview of their their motivation and how that core emotion from the center of intelligence shows up. And then there's a series of journal prompts as well.
0: So cool. What an amazing idea and using copywriting, which is what you do in addition to be able to really help people dive deeper and explore this whole topic in like a whole new way.
1: Yeah. And speaking of copywriting too. So my plan, which I'm slowly easing into is I really want to help creators use the Enneagram to develop marketing plans and their messaging and create personality-driven brands. Because I've, just makes it sound, I've worked in copywriting now for, for 10 years. I've worked in many different agencies, written for gosh, Fortune 500 clients. I've written for small businesses. I I really do have a variety of experience in that area. And I, you know, when, when you think about branding. It really is like creating something that people resonate with. And so approaching branding through the lens of the Enneagram can help bring your, your brand to life. It can help you determine your, your values and then mm-hmm. you develop messaging plans that, that speak to those values. And so you can look at it through your, your lens, and then also through who your customer is. So if you say like, I am an Enneagram one, and I value helping people, I don't know, build their businesses, for instance, and and really integrating their their values into it looking at everything through their moral compass but my brand is someone or my my ideal customer is someone who is full of life and you know has many passions and they don't necessarily know where they want to focus their energy you might write like an enneagram 7 and use bold word choice that jumps out on the page, you know, like that word choice and that messaging is going to be so different from, let's say, an Enneagram 4, you know, there might be more emotional words in the Enneagram 4 or any of the heart-centered types, you know, or or an 8, for instance, who's very bold and direct. And so, I think there's a lot of fun ways you can play around with using your Enneagram within your brand and also just using it to understand yourself.
0: Yeah, finding, to me, what's coming through is like a way to be more authentic and tap into your voice and share your motivation and your values so that you're attracting people that are, Aligned with that and that resonate with that, you know, or if you're looking to attract a different type of person communicating in a style that is going to bring them in. That sounds amazing. Let me know if
1: you need any test cases for that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so I will be offering typing when it comes to that I really know the kinds of people that I want to work with yeah I love helping small business owners and you know fellow creatives and to you know if they if they really apply the enneagram and the knowledge of the enneagram to their businesses like that is you know what I what I want to see Happen, and that's like how I'll know that I'll have you know created value for them.
0: Oh my gosh, I am feeling so lit up, so excited, so inspired. I have never heard the Enneagram spoken about with this much detail and clarity, and really like breadth of like opportunity and options, and like all these different. Ways to look at it and explore. And so I can't thank you enough for being here and sharing everything that you had to share about it. It's been amazing.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, this has been such a fun conversation. And yeah, always love talking about the Enneagram. And, you know, there are so many different angles to approach it from. So don't put yourself into a box or think of it as black and white and you know having to label yourself really use it use it how you want to use it you know mm. take what resonates leave what doesn't look at the the other types that you're connected to and look at it as a full and dynamic system but know that you're not just a type that you are an individual and I think the Enneagram with that has so much knowledge and wisdom and you know like I've been saying it it can be used and applied in so many different aspects you know whether it's to deepen your relationships whether it's to develop a marketing plan or use for your own self-growth and awareness like there are so many options and possibilities with it
0: Thank you. This has been great.
1: Yeah, thank you so much,
2: Lauren.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.